0: following is a teaching from church of the redeemer we pray that you will be blessed by this teaching This morning we start a new series of messages called The Power of Personal Choices. And so for the next several weeks, we're going to take a look at how to make the right choices in your life. And I want to start with something that is very basic, but nevertheless so vital, so important to us. And that's learning how to take a stand, especially in our relationship with God. How do we make the choice to take a stand? Choices. Your greatest friend or your worst enemy will be your choices. If you make the right choices... They're friends to your life. If you make the wrong choices, they are your enemies. And so we would do well, all of us, if we could gain the wisdom to make the right choices and the things that really matter. Some things in life do not matter. You can make a choice about whether to wear a a white shirt or a green shirt today, and it really doesn't make a big difference in the grand scheme of things. But there are other choices you can make that really do matter, not just for you, but for the people around you. And so you are wise if you will learn how to increase your decision-making capacities, especially in the things that matter, in the big decisions of life. Get the big decisions right. One of those big decisions, as we'll see today, is the big decision of taking a stand for God and the key decisions of life. We're going to be looking at uh, the book of 1 Samuel, the first three, four, five chapters of the book of 1 Samuel will be our theme over the next several weeks. This summer, as I was reading through the book of 1 Samuel, I was struck by the first several chapters and all the decisions that were made by people in the first several chapters of the book of Samuel that set in motion a lot of the history of Israel and realizing that many times in life, you're making history when you really don't realize you're making history and there are a number of people around the story of a man by the name of Samuel a great transitional leader for Israel who transitioned them from the theocracy to the monarchy and how he is uh, used by God to make tremendous changes in Israel but nevertheless he coming into the world and the ministry that he involved was involved in all centered around choices that people made And today I want to turn our attention to the first choice, the first character of the story. I want to talk to you about Samuel's father. Samuel's father made some decisions in his life. He made a decision to take a stand for God and that actually put in motion the history of Israel in a very significant way. Let me read for you the first eight verses of 1 Samuel. I'm going to read from the New International Version, so listen as I read. There was a certain man, you might want to underline or circle that phrase, a certain man from Ramatham, a Zephite from the hill country of Ephraim, whose name was Elkanah, son of Jeroham, the son of Elihu, the son of Tohu, the son of Zeph, an Ephraimite. He had two wives, one was called Hannah and the other Penina. Penina had children, but Hannah had none. Year after year, this man went up from his town to worship and sacrifice to the Lord Almighty at Shiloh, where Hophni and Phinehas, the two sons of Eli, were priests of the Lord. Whenever the day came for Elkanah to sacrifice, he would give portions of meat to, the, to his wife Peninnah and to all her sons and daughters, but to Hannah he gave a double portion because he loved her, and the Lord had closed her womb. Because the Lord had closed Hannah's womb, her rival kept provoking her in order to irritate her. This went on year after year. Whenever Hannah went up to the house of the Lord, her rival provoked her till she wept and would not eat. Her husband, Elkanah, would say to her, Hannah, why are you weeping? Why don't you eat? Why are you downhearted? Don't I mean more to you than ten sons? In the story of Samuel's life, the beginning of the history of Samuel and Samuel's ministry in Israel, we see this very important moment when God puts a spotlight on a certain man. That phrase is important, a certain man, This certain man Elkanah. And Elkanah was a man that was shining in the midst of darkness because Elkanah lived in a time of great spiritual decline in Israel. If you study the history of Israel during this time, the Bible says in Judges chapter 21 that during this period, there was no king in Israel, and everyone did what was right in his own eyes. And so Elkanah lived in a time when there was no sense of spiritual leadership in the land. Compromise was all around him, and there was idolatry that filled the land. So he is a man that sticks out in the midst of a very dark culture. He is a man that is a bright shining light in the midst of darkness. There was a certain man. And this certain man is known because of a decision he made in his relationship with God. And I want to share with you three decisions that you see in Elkanah's life today that will help you to make the right decisions in your life as well. Because Elkanah made a stand for God. And there are three things, three ways he stood. Number one, he stood boldly. And if you and I are going to make the right decisions in life, it starts with a bold stand for God. To stand for God, not apologetically, but to stand for God. What's the key word there? boldly. Elkanah took a bold stand for God. How do we know that he took a bold stand for God? The Bible said that year after year he would go up to Shiloh and Shiloh was the place of the tabernacle of worship where the people of Israel would come. And so in the midst of all this spiritual decline and all of this spiritual idolatry and all the wickedness of his land, what Elkanah did, he said, I'm going to regularly be in the house of God no matter what other people think, no matter what the world around me does, even though the majority may go a different direction, I'm Choosing to go in the right direction. It was not popular to be a follower of God during all kindness day. And I would submit to you that growingly and increasing measure, it's not popular to be a follower of Jesus in this day. But if you and I are going to be all that God wants us to be and make the right decisions in our lives, we have to take a bold stand for God. Listen to verse 3 again and the description of, of Elkanah. Year after year, this man went up from, from his town to do what? to circle that on your notes, to do what to worship? What well, was his whole purpose? to worship and sacrifice the Lord Almighty at Shiloh? It was a bold commitment. He said, "I'm going to be a worshiper of God." And I want to challenge all of us today as we're beginning a new series together, a new time of the year together, the fall of years year as we're going into school starting and new schedules being established and new things happening in life, I want to encourage you to make a decision starting today that you're going to take a bold stand for God. Scripture encourages you to do so. Let's take a look at Exodus chapter 20, verses 3 through 6. As we find the Ten Commandments and the very first of the Ten Commandments are described here, God's 1,000 generations of those who love me and keep my commands. I love verse number 6 because when you and I take a bold stand for God, it has the potential of impacting a 1,000 generations coming behind us. Think about that for a moment. That if you could impact a 1,000 generations coming behind you by the stand that you make for God today. It's true for, for Elkina, wasn't it? He took a stand for God and are we talking about him today? Thousands of years later, Why? Because of the decision that he made in his life. The same can be true for you and me. Notice what Jesus said in Mark chapter 12, verses 29 and 30, where someone came to him and said, what's the most important thing you can do in terms of your relationship with God, Jesus? What's the highest commandment of all? And here's Jesus' response. The most important one, answer Jesus, is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Here's the command, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength." Jesus said, take a bold stand for God. Give Him not just a part, but give Him how much? All. Give Him all. Elkanah was a guy that gave all that he knew to God. Matthew 10, 32 and 33, Jesus says, "...whoever acknowledges me, whoever takes a bold stand for me before others, who acknowledges me, takes a bold stand for me before others... I will acknowledge before my Father in heaven, but whoever disowns me, who refuses to take a bold stand for me before others, I will disown before my Father in heaven. This brings it to a whole other level, doesn't it? Jesus says, if you want to be acknowledged by the Father, you need to boldly acknowledge me before others. Matthew seven thirteen and 14, Jesus again says, enter through the narrow gate. Notice it's narrow. He's encouraging us to make the choice to go the narrow way, not the broad path. For wide is the gate, and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the gate, and narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. My beginning word to you today is make a decision, the best decision you will ever make in your life that will set the trajectory of your life in the right direction is to say, I am going to take a bold stand for God. It doesn't matter what anybody else does. I am going to live for God. The whole world can deny Him, but I'm going to love Him. The whole world can take the wide path of destruction, but I'm going to take the narrow path that leads to life. I have decided to follow Jesus, no turning back, no turning back. Now, when we say take a bold stand for God, let me clarify that just for a moment. That does not mean that you become an obnoxious Christian that beats people up with your Bible. That's not what I'm talking about. There are a lot of people who are bold, but they're foolish in their boldness. And they're brash in their boldness. And so to be a bold Christian does not mean that you become a, an irritant in other people's lives or you become, again, a brash person that is always condemning or judging others. In fact, that's the wrong way to approach ministry to people around you or even take a stand for God. When you take a bold stand for God, you're simply saying, I'm not going to live like the world around me, but I'm going to love the world that is around me and show the love of Christ to them but not be compromised by them. Jesus said you're to be in the world but not of the world. Very big difference. And so do we hate sinners? No, we love sinners, don't we? We hate sin, but we love sinners. And that's the orientation of saying, I'm going to be bold in my faith for Jesus Christ. So take a bold stand for God. Number two is to stand consistently. Don't just take a bold stand for God, but but do it consistently. And it's easily easy from time to time to say, I'm going to stand for God. and You do it for a little while, and then something happens or life begins to, to to occur to you and things just sort of pull you away and distract you. And before long, you've again compromised that kind of commitment. But Elkanah was very consistent in his worship. It was not just a one-time thing. It was not just a short-lived thing. It was something that was really a part of his life. Notice again verse number 3 of 1 Samuel chapter 1. The Bible says, year after year. Say it with me. Year after year, this man went up from his town to worship and sacrifice to the Lord Almighty at Shiloh. The Bible says that, that, that this man, Elkanah, made the decision to do this not just occasionally, but it was something that he did year after year after year. I want to tell you there is great power in consistency. Just simply being consistent. Many great things happen to people just because they're consistent. And many wonderful things are missed by people because they fail to be consistent in their life. And consistent means I'm going to stick with it. It's something I'm going to do regularly and continually practice in my life. And I love this about Elkanah because every year when it was time for the family to gather and go to Shiloh for the great moment of worship, what did he do with his family? He said, guys, we're going to church. Come on, everybody, we're going to go to church. Now, was it easy to go to church? No, it was not easy because, first of all, it involved quite a journey, and second of all, he had some family problems. Did Elkanah have some family problems? Oh, he sure did. He was married to two women. There you go. That's number one, okay? That's his biggest problem, Okay. By the way, that does not validate that being right. I'm going to come back in this series and help you understand why that was the case. It was something of ignorance that existed in that time, and I'll explain why that's the case. So don't think, oh, that's a biblical precedent to do something like this. No. What I want you to see is that this man went to church even though there was family stress and family turmoil because Penina and Hannah didn't get along very well, and Hannah was discouraged because of her condition in life, and Penina was always bragging about how many kids she had when Hannah had none, and so it was not easy to make it to church. They had a lot of turmoil, much like you do when you get up in the morning and say, kids, we're going to church, okay? I don't want to go today all the things that get in our way to try to pursue God, but there was something in Elkanah that said, we are going to be in the house of God. We're going to meet with God. We're going to be where God is, and we're not going to just do it occasionally. We're going to do it year after year after year after year. Let me tell you why consistency is important, because a lot of things change incrementally over time. A lot of things will change in your life only when you're consistent. Have you noticed if you just skip one meal, you don't lose a lot of weight? I'm going to go on a diet. What's the diet look like? I'm going to just skip a meal. One meal? Yeah, one meal. I'll do it once a week. That one little act is probably not going to get you to your goal. It's only when you become consistent, you get a regimen, you get something established in your life, and incrementally you do what you're supposed to do, and then you see the results that happen over a period of time. And many things change in your life only if you are consistent. Consistency is what produces the change. It's much like I tell people at times, if you're trying to get a breakthrough in your life, don't always expect every breakthrough to be instantaneous in your life. Some breakthroughs happen by you getting out the spiritual sledgehammer and you go against a stronghold in your life. And the first time you hit that wall that's a stronghold, maybe the sledgehammer bounces right back at you and nothing seems to change. But you get up the next day and you grab the sledgehammer and you hit it again. And the next day you hit it again. And before long you'll see a little hairline crack starting to form in that wall. Then there'll be that day you'll hit it and suddenly a a brick will come out or a a big break will occur. And then finally the wall will come tumbling down. Why? Not because it all happened just in a moment, but because you made the decision, I'm going to be consistent. I'm going to keep at this thing until it falls. I'm going to go after this giant until it's dead. I'm going to overcome this thing. It may not happen immediately, but I'm going to stand with it. I am going to be consistent. Because consistency is what demonstrates real commitment. How do you know if somebody is truly committed to something? Because they do it year after year after year. You see it in the evidence of their life. I also want you to see something else. And this really struck me as I was studying about Elkanah. Even though he went to church, I'm going to use that phrase, we went to Shiloh, to the place of worship, year after year, many of those years he would go and go back home and it would seem as though nothing had changed at all, right? He came with two grumpy women, went home with two grumpy women. He came with strife in the family, went home with strife in the family. Nothing seemed to change at all. There seemed to be no kind of response from God. Have you ever tried to seek God for a period of time hoping that something would change? It would seem like nothing really was changing at all? That happens to all of us, but Elkanah said, I'm not going to quit this journey, I'm going to stay with it, and here's what happened, although it didn't all change at once, there came a moment, one of those years, everything changed. It was one of those years that it led into a miracle moment for for Elkanah. See, I will submit to you this morning, you don't know when your miracle moment is going to happen. That's why you need to be consistent in the things of God and take a bold stand with God and a consistent stand with God because one of your years will be your miracle year. One of your years will be your miracle breakthrough. One of your years, one of those moments you'll be in church and what you've tried to understand for years will suddenly come to a full understanding for you or that moment of breakthrough will happen in your life. Elkanah said, I'm just going to keep going. I'm going to stick with it. I'm not going to give up. Let's take a look at how the Bible describes the power of consistency. Let's take a look at it in Jesus' life. In Luke chapter 4, verse 16, When he, that's Jesus, came to the village of Nazareth, his boyhood home, he went, notice the next two words, as? He went as? As usual, to the synagogue on the Sabbath and stood up to read the scriptures. Let me tell you what's going on here. Jesus now is 30 years of age. He's about to begin his earthly ministry. And he goes to the synagogue in Nazareth. And every Sabbath, where would you find Jesus, by the way? In the synagogue, as as In other words, what was his habit? Every week you would find Jesus in the place of worship. The Son of God, here he is as usual in the place of worship. And he had been doing this for 30 years And we don't know about anything related to any of the other times he was in a synagogue over those 30 years, but it was the pattern of his life. But we do know about this day because on that day he happened to be the reader in the synagogue and they handed him a scroll. It was a scroll of the prophet Isaiah and he opened up the scroll and began to read these words, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to preach good news to the poor. And there that day, Jesus, because he was where he was supposed to be, as the consistent pattern of his life, he was able to announce the purpose of his ministry. In words that we all hold dear, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, Jesus said, to preach the good tidings to the poor, to bind up the brokenhearted, to set the captive free. Aren't you glad that Jesus declared that's what he came to do? And it happened because he was in church when he was supposed to be there. He was doing what he was supposed to be doing, consistently in his life. Make the choice. Let the example of Jesus be your example. Hebrews 10, 25. The writer of Hebrews says, not giving up, meeting together. Some are in the habit of doing, not, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. See, there are habits that you can get into in your life that are good or bad. And what you want to do is form the right habits in your life because that consistency will prepare you for blessing. Acts 3 verse 1. One day Peter and John went to the temple at 3 o'clock. Read the next phrase with me. The time set each day for the afternoon prayer service. I love that. Because the Bible says of Peter and John, they were going to the temple one day, but it was not just something out of the ordinary. It was the set time of prayer. They went to prayer meeting every day at 3 o'clock. But this day was different. They didn't realize that this day was going to be a unique day. They were just doing what they normally did. And so as they arrived at the temple that day, there was someone lying there at the gate, beautiful. And he was begging for money. And so this lame man looks up at Peter and John asking for alms, asking for money. And Peter was filled with the Holy Spirit at that moment and looked back at him and said, silver and gold I don't have, but I do have something. But what I have, I give you in the name of Jesus, rise and walk. And we now have the story of a miracle man, a, man that, a miracle that happened to a man in Scripture where he rose up, when walking and leaping and praising God, all because Peter and John were just doing what they were supposed to do. You never know when your miracle moment is going to happen in your life. That's why you need to take a bold stand for God, but don't just do it occasionally, do it how consistently. Consistently, I'm going to walk with God. There's great power in consistency. Let's go to the third and final point today. Learn to stand confidently and expectantly. Elkanah's bold and consistent stand for God was based in something. It was based in his confidence in God. He believed somewhere inside of him that if he would keep being consistent and keep being bold in his faith, even though the world around him Did not encourage that. He believed if I will be bold in my faith and consistent with my faith, I believe that God will meet me. There was something of faith inside of him. And I will tell you that you will never, listen closely, you will never stand boldly for something and you will never stand consistently for something unless you believe and have confidence that it really matters. When you believe that if I will stand boldly and consistently for this, it will make a difference in my life, that enhances your capacity to do so. To be consistent with God means that you truly believe that God's way is the right way. God's way is the true way. That God's way is the best way. That God's way is always going to be rewarded. When you believe that God's way is the right way, the best way, it's always going to be rewarded. It's not difficult to be bold and consistent with Him. Because I believe if I'll do this, and you can believe if you'll do this, that things will be blessed in your life. Anybody want a blessed life? Do you want a blessed life? I do. I want a blessed life. Now, blessing means lots of different things according to Scripture, but I want to live in the blessing of God. And the Scripture says that if I will believe that God's way is the true way, the right way, the best way, the way that will be rewarded, if I believe that God's way is the way, to blessing, then I will boldly stand for Him and I will I will have this consistency in my life because there's a confidence there that says, I expect God to show up and do something that I could never do with my life. He'll make a difference. The Bible emphasizes this kind of confidence. Psalm 119, verses 1 and 2. Blessed, notice this, blessed. This is how you get blessing. Blessed are those whose ways are blameless, who walk according to the law of the Lord. Blessed are those who keep His statutes and seek Him with all their hearts. See, when you make this bold commitment to God and you make this consistent commitment to God, the Bible says you're going to be blessed psalm 37 verse 4 why don't you read this together with me let's read it all of our campuses here we go take delight in the lord and he will give you the desires of your heart take delight in god be bold in your relationship with him be consistent in your relationship and hit with him and be confident now in this that he will if you'll do that he will give you the desires of your heart you have any desires in your heart anybody have some desires in your heart today I will tell you that when you fall in love with God and boldly stand for God and consistently seek God, He will make sure your desires are consistent with His will and He will fulfill the desires of your heart. Hebrews 11, verse 6, Without faith it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to Him must believe that He exists and that He, what does He do? Circle that on your notes. He rewards. God is a rewarder. He rewards those who earnestly seek Him. Paul said at the last part of his life, I fought the good fight, I finished the race, I've kept the faith. Paul is saying, I took a bold stand for God. From the time that I met Jesus, I took a bold stand for God. I was consistent. I never gave up. I was not up and down in my spiritual journey. No, I fought a good fight. I finished the race. I've been consistent. I've kept the faith, didn't give up. Notice now verse 8. Now, that's because I live that way, now there's in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. Paul said, I've learned this in my walk with God, that being bold in him and consistent with him, Produced, produces the confidence in me that I can expect rewards from him. I can expect God to reward me. Last verse of Scripture that I want to leave you with is Psalm chapter 84, verse number 11. Why don't we read this one together? It's a great verse to conclude on today. For the Lord God is our sun and our shield. He gives us grace and glory. Now read this next part very enthusiastically. Let's read it as loudly as we can. Here we go. The Lord will withhold no good thing from those who do what is right. Isn't that a great passage? The Lord will withhold no good thing from those who make the decision to do what honors and pleases Him. And so the real wrap-up of today's message, what do we learn from Elkanah? What do we learn about this man that set the course of history for Israel? We learned that because he took a bold stand for God, was consistent in that stand, expected God to reward him, out of this came ultimately the birthing of a man by the name of Samuel. And Samuel was a history changer as I was thinking about this in preparation for this weekend, I wondered, how many of you, if you will make a new and fresh, bold commitment to God, and if you'll be consistent with that as you move forward, doesn't matter what your past has been, aren't you glad that today can be a brand new day for you? You say, well, I haven't been very bold for God. Yeah. I haven't been very bold. I haven't been very consistent. Well, don't look back, okay? Start where you are today and say, today is my new point of journey with God. I'm going to start fresh with God today. And I promise you, if you can start fresh with God today and say, you know what, the best decision I can ever make in my life, a decision I will never regret. See, we're talking about the the, the power of personal choices. Nobody else can make this choice for you. But when you make this personal choice to say, I am going to boldly stand for God. Maybe I haven't been so bold in the past, but starting today, I'm going to boldly stand for God. I'm not just going to do it here. and there. It's going to be year after year after year after year. And I expect that God's going to do something in and through my life. I'm confident that God will withhold no good thing from me because I will consistently follow and seek Him. I promise you, on the authority of Scripture, you will be amazed at what will come as the fruit of your life. For Elkanah, it was the fruit of a Samuel that changed history. For you, it's the fruit that may, that may endure for generations to come because you make that one decision today. How does it apply to, to some of you here? For some of you, you've never made a decision to give your life to God. There's never, ever been a time when you say, God, I want, to, I want to sign up with you. And what I really want to encourage you to do today is to make the personal choice of saying, God, today I'm putting my name on the commitment form. I'm signing up with you today, God. I'm giving you my life I want to follow you and serve you from this day forward. There are others of you that you have made a commitment to God at some point in time in your life, but you've drifted from it. You haven't been very consistent with it. And what I want to do for you today, encourage you to do, is to encourage you to make the decision to re-up with God, to say, God, I'm coming back to you. I'm recommitting myself to be bold and consistent in my faith, trusting and expecting that you're going to bring blessing in my life. I don't know where you are in either of those two, but I encourage you, make the decision today. Don't let anything keep you from making the decision that you need to make. It's the most important personal choice of your life. Let's bow our heads together in prayer. Father, we thank you for the opportunity we had this morning to study Elkanah's life. We're so grateful for the example that he set for us, for the choice that he made in the midst of a world that did not worship you. He became a worshiper of you. And thank you, Lord, that he demonstrated that consistency, that year after year it was the pattern of his life. And I pray that in this moment, Lord, for those that are listening to my voice today, I pray that each one that has never made a decision to give their life to you, I pray that today would be that day of a personal choice to say, Jesus Christ, I'm turning my life over to you. And I pray as well for those that perhaps are are Christian believers but have not been consistent in their faith, I pray that today would be a time of re-upping with you, recommitting to you, that today will be a, a real turning point moment for them that will change the trajectory of their life for your glory and for your honor. And thank you that as we do this, we can expect great rewards and great blessing for a thousand generations. We ask this in Jesus' name. Thanks for joining us for today's message. I trust that you've heard something from God's Word that will make a difference in your life now and forever. Maybe as you were listening to today's message, God began to speak to you about a personal relationship with Himself. You know, the most important thing we can ever establish in our life is a relationship with God, and we do that by opening our hearts and lives to Jesus Christ. If you've never invited Jesus into your life, today is your day. It's your opportunity. I want to lead you in a prayer right now that you can pray that will forever change your life, that will allow your name to be written in the book of life for eternity. All you need to do is simply pray this prayer with me and mean it in your heart. If you'll mean this prayer, God will hear you. The Bible says that whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So would you pray with me right now? Whisper these words to God or speak them out right where you are. Say, Jesus, just mention His name. Say, Jesus, I admit to you today that, that I am a sinner and I'm sorry, God, for everything I've done wrong. Jesus, I believe in you. I believe you are God's son, the savior, the redeemer. I thank you that you died on the cross for me and that you rose again. I believe in you, Jesus. And then whisper this prayer. Say, Lord, today I invite you to come into my life, to forgive me of my sins, to give me a brand new start in you. I give my life to you today in Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you for those that prayed that prayer with me and I ask that now they would continue to grow in you and serve you faithfully from this day forward in Jesus' name. If you just prayed that prayer with me, friend, I want you to know that Jesus Christ heard you, that your name has been written in that wonderful book of life, and that now today you start a brand new life in Christ.